Today we welcome back Eileen Mueller. She's an award-winning author who's going to be talking about her latest Enchanted Kingdoms. Here's Eileen. Hi Eileen, welcome back to the show. Hi Sherry, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me back. How are you? I'm good. You know, it's a lovely summer's day down here in Wellington, New Zealand. And I know that you aren't experiencing quite the same weather up there in the States. Well, we're luckier than the rest of the country <laughs> in that. Yeah. I mean, it's cold for us, but nothing near what it is for the rest of the country. It's yeah. in the 50s during the day and the 30s at night. But, you know, we we don't dip below zero. <laughs> we're freezing, but we don't dip below zero. <laughs> You're freezing, but not literally freezing, right? That's right. I've seen some beautiful photos on Facebook of, um, you know, from some of my author friends who've been posting gorgeous ice formations forming on leaves and, you know, stunning, beautiful photography. And then I've seen some devastating shots of power lines coming down and and horrible storms and people freezing. So um, I think, you know, it's a very varied time for people, isn't it? If they're safe and warm inside and they've still got their amenities, then they can appreciate the beauty of the of the chilly weather. But if they're suffering and in difficulty, then it takes on a completely different um, perspective, doesn't it? It does, and it really affects people that are um, the poorer people of our country um, yeah. because they get carbon dioxide poisoning from using really terrible heaters. The, I've, uh, we've gotten it, but uh, it, it was completely electric, not gas. I guess there's this gas, mm. and it just... Oh, it's devastating. And also, um, th there's been fires. People tried to start fires in their homes just to get oh. warm and started a house fire from it. And then you have people sort of burning furniture and things like that because they don't have the... Oh, no, this is terrible, Sherry. I know, I know. It's just so sad. I mean, it is beautiful, the, the snow and the ice and everything, but... It's not that, I mean, they, there's always been ice storms. I, I've read that it, it actually, was it, was it Toronto? I don't remember. It was from Toronto, and it went all the way down to New York, like Buffalo. And it was just ice. And it just stopped the entire area because it was so bad. It was, I think it was like in the 90s or something. I mean, everything, roads, every it was the ice just kept coming, and it was it get it was ice over ice over ice. It was it was awful, and and when it melted, like whole pieces of ice would come off a roof. It was very dangerous. 
because mm, they could hit people or damage uh, vehicles and things. You know, um, one of my readers from Oklahoma posted in my Facebook group yesterday, um, that's a Riders of Fire zone, um, They came, he posted that it was the coldest in Oklahoma since 1947. Wow. I thought, wow, that's, that's some record. I think we're going to see a lot of changing weather patterns as... Um, as the world changes and I know we've had a lot of different changes happening in the world so I guess what we're trying to do with um, you know um, the latest project I'm on is spread a little sunshine yeah I know <laughs> no. and there is yeah. good news um, mm-hmm. the the Mars probe landed safely that's wow, good wow that's cool I hadn't caught up with that yet yep the um, Perseverance I think it was Perseverance I think that's the name of it the name of the probe it's called Perseverance, mm-hmm. and I thought I didn't know about. They have a little helicopter. This this like rover a, like has a, a it, yeah, it's a helicopter on the rover, and when it landed, it separates itself. So when it needs to do like, it it only can go for short little spurts, it's experimental, but they're hoping it will help them find the fossils that they're looking for. Wow, but, that's but it's, really cool. But it's really cute, Eileen. You should see it. It's the cutest little yeah, helicopter. Yeah, I'll be going online to have a look. <laughs> <laughs> it was the cutest. I was like, oh. I don't yeah, usually. Funny, re- I, I used to read a lot of science fiction when I was when I was in my teens. I absolutely loved science fiction. And at some stage, I switched to fantasy. Um, and every now and then, I dip into science fiction. But when I see stuff like this, it makes me want to write science fiction all over again. I know. Oh, I... I you know, you don't usually go off for a helicopter, but this was, it's yeah. just the sweetest little thing you ever saw. <laughs> uh, I will be Googling that. Thank you. Thanks for the tip, and I'm sure a lot of the <laughs> listeners will be as well. They're probably looking right now as they listen. I know. I just, oh, yeah. I was, well, everybody was all excited about it, but it happened on my birthday, so I was offline. I recorded. Oh, I thought you were going to say so you felt like it was a special birthday present just for you. Well, <laughs> it was in a way, but um, we recorded it because it, it it said that was going to happen. So you, um, I think it was discover our our Discovery Channel. We set it to record, so the next day we watched it. <laughs> yeah, that's lovely. <laughs> it was so exciting because I saw the Facebook. Yeah, it's down. It's safe. It's down. <laughs> Yeah, I've been working on my latest book, and I've um, I've got quite a big deadline coming up, and I'm trying to finish it off today. So I've been staying off Facebook and staying off the internet for the last uh, probably a bit of the last week, just trying to get things um, get my novel finalised. So um, yeah, I'll be trying to catch up with all the news sort of in a few more days um, when I've got when I've got my latest novel drafted finished. So, so that was yeah. that was sometimes I have periods like that where I'm offline for a while and miss things. And then I go in and look again and think, wow, all this stuff happened while I had my head down working. Well, that's the happy news. I have to find, you have to find something. And I, I, to yeah, me, yeah. I find that great. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's really important, isn't it, that when you're facing challenges, um, and we all go through challenges, and life can be quite difficult, and there's a lot of things going on which are very distressing for people. There's a lot of grief out there. And I think that finding a way to escape that for a moment and and you know take yourself to a different place where you can actually enjoy something 
um, can be a very beneficial experience. It can help get your endorphins going again. And I know that that's what a lot of my readers have said, that they love escaping into my world. There's still some tragedy in my world, but it's all on the page in a book. It's not impacting their lives. And they like going to read about happy things. And they know that when there's a happy ending coming up and there's characters who have resolution for some of the problems, it helps them feel like their life is a little bit more in control. They can go off, they can read something, they can feel good, and then they come back and they feel better equipped to deal with what's going on in life. I think that's very important. It's also really important that people enjoy watching a good movie, reading a good book, catching up on this TV series. You know, just get away. Put the phone down and stop watching the news. I, I actually have slowed down my Facebook, not because I have a problem with the actual Facebook. It just sucks you in, and you, all you see is, like, bad stuff, bad stuff, bad stuff. It's just like Instagram. You see a lot of the... I love going to Instagram because I love looking at all the stuff that's going on in the world. But there's a lot of bad stuff there, you know, about what's going on in the world, too. And I'm trying so hard not to get overwhelmed by it. Mm. You know, and so, yeah, I've been cutting down myself. <laughs> yeah. So we've created a safe zone. Um, I have my, my fan zone, it's called Riders of Fire, Eileen Miller's fan zone, which is a big long mouthful. But um, we have created a safe zone there where we don't really talk a lot about what's going on in the world. We have fun every day. I put up dragon posts and people have fun captioning them and doing things. Uh, people put, pop up posts of their own. A lot of them are dragon-focused fo or fantasy-focused. And we just try and give people a place where they can come um, to have a little bit of experience, a nice, tight-knit community that has... Um, you know, has a positive spin to it. And um, occasionally we have someone mention politics, but we just um, we just get rid of those posts. <laughs> it doesn't happen very often because my, my fans know there's no politics, there's no bad news. Occasionally we do put up a thread where we're like, hey, if you need a hug, post your stuff here, and, you know, people can let us know how their day's going or what's happening in their lives. But a lot of the time they just go in there to have fun, just to do, to do silly things. And... Usually about once a month. We haven't done one for a couple of months because I've been a little bit busy, but um, usually we have um, parties and things and giveaways and stuff like that going on. We'll be having one at the end of March, um, which will be focused on the release of my new book, Anakisha's Dragon. Um, and I get a lot of authors all to come in and we all, you know, gang up and give the, give the fans a blast, have games and fun and things going for a couple of days and, um, and that's lots of fun as well. So I guess I'm trying to do my own thing where I can provide people with, with you know, material to read and a place to go where they feel that they can shut out the world and enjoy themselves. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think it's yeah. very important. And I, 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 have this, I have a group like that and I also, I read a lot. Um, and I kind of dive into my own little fun worlds that I enjoy, TV series that I enjoy and stuff. It's the only way to survive this. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I think, um, you know, and I think exercise is a good thing as well. Like, mm -hmm. if you're able to exercise a little bit at home, um, I've got a little rebounder trampoline, um, so I go have a jump on that in between writing things. Um, I'm not housebound or in lockdown here in New Zealand, so we're very, very lucky. Um, I'm able to go for walks and get out and, and wander around the parks and things. That's really nice. Occasionally we have a small lockdown for a few days again where they isolate some cases, but we've been very, very lucky here. 
Um, and I count my blessings every day because of that. And I feel for everybody living in other parts of the world where things are a lot more difficult. Um, but if you can find a little way of exercising inside, do a few squats, you know, a couple of sit-ups or just jog on the spot now and then, then it gets your blood flowing and it helps you feel a little bit better. It releases some of those um, sort of feel-good hormones that, that help people cope with things. It's very difficult when you're shut inside. Um, so finding little ways to break that up. Good music, have a dance in the lounge. I know that these are not long-term solutions when you've got big problems going on, but they can provide little small um, small windows of respite for people from, from how they're feeling. I actually do yoga and, medita- oh, cool. and meditation. Yeah, Pilates is quite good as well for people. There's lots of different things, and now there are lots of online exercise programs. You know that you can go to YouTube and find a cool, um, cool exercise person to follow. There's lots of free things up there that people can do as well um, if they have data and have the access to the internet. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't found a teacher of yoga online. That I had a really good teacher at that I went to a class before everything shut down. <laughs> because uh, every the class is open and then they shut down again and then they open and they shut down. I don't even know if they're going to open again. <laughs> yeah, it's going to take time, isn't it? And some people are doing things on Zoom instead, which is cool. Um, I belong to a women's chorus, so we sing, we do barbershop, and they set up some amazing Zoom programs, and we couldn't actually sing on Zoom because everybody sang out of sync. So the director would direct us and everybody would mute themselves and we'd all sing on our own. <laughs> and then we'd stop and have a chat. And, and we had fun stuff we were doing online. And they did a brilliant job of helping people still feel connected while we were in lockdown last year. Um, our lockdown didn't last as long, though, because our government was able to um, isolate cases and manage things. But we live on an island, so it's very different, or a series of islands, so it's very different than living on a large continent where there's a lot of... Um, a lot of contact and a lot of travel and things. So I heard anyway. that one of my favorite shows is moving from Australia to New Zealand. Um, it's called My Life is Murder with Lucy Lawless. And oh, yeah, yes, you're a crime buff, aren't you? Yeah, I am. And she, she's moving it to New Zealand. So it's going to be shooting. I'm, I Actually, there is shooting. They're shooting it right now. Um <laughs> I can't wait to see it. I love her. And yeah, it's my chance to be an extra. Yeah, <laughs> run over. She's in your area. <laughs> she will be, yeah. So they've renamed Wellington Wellywood. Um, it's a bit of a hats off to Hollywood, um, or a hats off to Sir Peter Jackson. So some people hate the name and some people love it, but it's, it's a bit of a nickname for Wellington now, which is our capital city where I live. So we call it Wellywood. And um, I've actually met Sir Peter Jackson. Um, a lot of people know him because New Zealand's very small. And I worked um, for the Great War Exhibition, which was a World War One. Um, interactive sort of museum, I guess, or exhibition where you could go and um, see how they'd recreated World War One. They had a, you walked through something that was like a movie set. It was incredible. And then they even had a, a trench where you could go down um, inside a trench and see all these sort of holographic, it's not quite holographs, they were all filmed um, using a technology called Pepper's Ghost, and you could see soldiers talking to you. And they used excerpts from journals. They had actors um, all lined up to do this. And there were bombs going off overhead. And you would walk through the trench and smell the smells. You'd smell the thyme growing on the banks of Gallipoli. Um, and you'd um, 
hear things, you'd feel things shake. It was absolutely incredible. There's water that dripped on people at some stage. <laughs> and you'd see guys shooting and, and doing all sorts of stuff and hear their dialogue that gave people a feeling of World War One. So, yeah, there's a lot of really cool things that have happened as a result um, of Sir Peter Jackson's success with... Um, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings and Avatar and many of the other movies he's done, Tintin and all sorts. Um, and so, yeah, so New Zealand has become more of a place for filming than um, what it had been previously. And Xena was before that. Xena mm. <laughs> was before that, the TV series Xena. Yeah, yeah, there was Xena as well. Xena yeah. was before that. I was thinking Xena as I said that. Up. Yeah. But I suppose it's a lot more popular now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. Well, I know it wasn't that pop. It, it's a. It was popular worldwide, but from what I understand, from the interviews with Lucy and from when she was at conventions, that people in New Zealand, eh, big deal. <laughs> yeah, you see, so we have a very, we have a very, um, yeah, we have a very flat sort of social structure in New Zealand. So you know, I've told. I think I've told you before. I know the prime minister. Um, <laughs> You know, we just know each other. We're so small. It used to be a country of three million. There's now sort of nearly six million people here, five and a half. And um, it's it's just very small. So we play games where we are. When I lived in Switzerland, I would say to people, people say, you live in New Zealand? I'd say, oh, yes, where are you from? And they'd go, I'm from New Zealand. I'd say, oh, time us. And I'd get people to put their stopwatches on. And I'd say, within two minutes, we'll both find someone we know. And these Europeans would sit there disbelieving. Usually we could nail it within one minute. I would ask really rapid-fire questions. Which school do you go to? Which city are you from? Who do you know? Do you know so-and-so? And we would usually manage to find somebody we knew in common um, within about a minute. It was quite funny. And Europeans just couldn't believe it because Europe's so huge. <laughs> so many people. And in New Zealand, you know, we're all related somehow. It's quite funny. Yeah, that's a, yeah you said six million. That's like a city here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, our capital um, city doesn't have doesn't even have a million people in it. Yeah, <laughs> like pretty, a city does, but it, our capital it, city doesn't. It's like a city, not a town, city. It would be a city, but it would be, it would oh, be a lovely. small it, city. <laughs> yeah, it feels like a big village. So you wander along the waterfront, and there's people strolling, and you walk through town, and you can you can basically walk in uh, in a city from the inner city. You can walk from one end down the business precinct in about ten minutes, and then you can walk up to the sort of um, you know, the alternative precinct, and you're out the other end of the city in 20 minutes. And I live literally three minutes' drive from the city, and I'm sitting on a little hill surrounded by trees, <laughs> you know, little houses tucked in amongst the trees, and if I walk across the road, walk around the corner and across the road, there's what we call bush, you know, a forest with all sorts of scrub and things in it, and I can go wandering around there, and I can walk all the way through the bush along a golf course and nearly down to the sea, which is probably about 10 minutes' drive. <laughs> you know, I can walk for hours to do that. It's, um, and I'm living in a city, in the capital city, so it's really crazy. That is funny. That is really interesting. I I actually can't Im uh I've always wanted to go to Australia and New Zealand. That's like one of my, uh, what do you call it, where you... You're older. Your bucket list. Yeah, my bucket list. <laughs> That's one of my bucket list things is to someday before I go, go to Australia and New Zealand. And look, you've met so many people online now through through blog talk that I'm sure you'll have a whole raft of New Zealand authors that would love to see you. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, that's true. I have a lot of friends in both places. Mm -hmm. <laughs>
Do you have a bucket list, Eileen? Is there any place you want to go or people you want to meet? Well, I did a lot of traveling when I was younger, so I feel like I've seen a bit of the world. But one of the things I would love to do is come back to the States and meet all of my readers. And I have quite a few readers who are really keen to meet up at some stage. We've met on um, Zoom or Skype or seen each other on Facebook Live. Um, but some of them are quite keen to see me. And at the end of last year, there was a big conference. Um, there was supposed to be a big conference in Las Vegas. And we were going to have a chance to meet some readers there. And it got cancelled, of course, um, the year before I went to Vegas. But the conference was mainly for authors. And it didn't have a focus on meeting readers. So they were introducing that element. Um, it looks like the conference, uh, they're planning one to go ahead this year. But I won't be able to travel because New Zealand has travel restrictions, um, quite severe travel restrictions. I would have to be in isolation for 14 days when I get back um, at my own cost, which would mean a trip overseas would just be phenomenal. <laughs> be like buying a small house. <laughs> I'm joking. But anyway, so, um, that's on my bucket list at some stage. What's that? It's just 14 days. That's a long yeah, time. Yeah, we've died 14 days. Yeah, we, there's, um, and all of the cases, of, most of the cases of COVID that are occurring in New Zealand are people returning. They get tested often before they even fly in. They get tested again when they get here, and then they get tested a few days later. And um, most of the COVID cases have actually come from people traveling into the country. Um, there was one case of tran community transmission. One, I mean, it's it's funny, isn't it? We talk of one case and the country goes into semi-lockdown um, or regions go into lockdown when that happens. So Auckland's been in lockdown a few more times than Wellington um, because that's a main travel hub. So, yeah, um, that sort of put a bit of my bucket list to sleep, probably a lot, lot like other people's. But as you know, Sherry, I used to live in Switzerland. And one of the reasons I went to Switzerland when I was very young was um, to get my paragliding license. And I had done some paragliding here in New Zealand with um, some Swiss people I'd met, and I loved it. So there's nothing like floating above the world and you've got a little canopy above you that makes the odds sort of rustle. <laughs> you're holding a few strings and you're just soaring like a bird. It was the most amazing sensation. And I think that's why I write a lot about dragon riders. Um, I mean, dragons are very popular, uh, but it's that sensation of soaring in the sky. I just, I really, really loved it. Unfortunately, when I went to Switzerland, I never got around to doing that and you had to have a license. You had to get your license first and you had to have your license to actually um, paraglide there. And I was keen on getting my license, but it was all in German. <laughs> so, and I was living in a little rural area for quite a while, so it wasn't like I could get it translated. I'm sure there would have been paragliding instructors later that um, that could have taught me in English. But uh, And I did learn German, but it took me a good year or so. I, I speak fluent Swiss German now. Um, so I never got my paragliding license. And at some stage, I'd love to do that. I'd love to actually paraglide again and... Um, you know, fly through the sky like a bird. I don't know if I'll ever get around to it. We'll see. But it's sort of in the back of my mind on a, on some sort of ethereal bucket list. I love that. So that's beautiful. I, you know, what I'd like to do again is go on a boat. Not not a big ship, not a cruise ship, but just on a sailboat. I I've never been. I've been on I've been on boats, but I've never been on a sailboat. Right, that's one of the thing, another bucket list thing for me. So some friends of mine, because we live in, we live on by a harbour, so we're very very. I mean, there's water all around New Zealand. You're never far from a beach. I think people who live miles inland might have a couple of hours drive, you know. But apart from that, most people live in the coastal areas, and um, 
there are beaches in three directions from where I live, <laughs> and lots of different directions because we're on the end of a little, <laughs> and and we live on the harbour, uh, near a harbour, so you know, if I will, I think a seven minute drive gets me down to the harbour, if it's not peak hour traffic, um, and in peak hour it might be 15 minutes, so you're getting a picture of where I live, right, it's quite mm-hmm. small, mm-hmm. Um, and there are a lot of boats, there are boats that go out sailing, so friends of ours have just recently bought um, a sailing boat this summer, it was up on... Um, the equivalent of eBay on our on our site called Trade Me, and um, his wife saw it and sort of texted him the you know texted him the link and said, "Wow, look at this! You know, it's only up for a few grand." <laughs> she didn't actually expect him to buy it, and of course the bidding got a lot higher. <laughs> he just bought the boat, so he's been promising us a sale this um, this summer. We haven't quite got there yet, so I may have to give them a ring. But um, yeah, I've been out and looked at their boat while it's been moored. <laughs> And, you know, it's quite an old one, but it'll be fun to go out for a sail, and, and yeah, he's involved in a sailing club, so yeah, it's quite cool. So I guess there's a lot of advantages to living in a small country, well, where you know everybody. The <laughs> thing is, is that I actually am by a harbour too, because I live in San Diego, and, yeah, but, and you can go on a sailboat to, you can, you know, uh, you pay to go on. But, um, and I was going to do it last year, but of course I couldn't. Um. You get there. Yeah. We've, got to, we've got to give the world a bit of time to settle down and find the new normal. It's going to take a bit more time, I think. But, um, yeah, things will, things will work out. And I mean, that's actually an achievable thing on your bucket list then, isn't it? It's like for paragliding for me is sort of out there. I don't know if I'm going to end up doing it or not. Um, you know, I've got kids to look after and things, so I have to make sure I survive. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm fall out of the sky. And I did have a paragliding accident once, which um, I haven't really paraglided since then. So, yeah, it was, I, ha- I landed really well and then got dragged backwards, sort of, you know, opened my eyes and there, were, there was a thorn bush with big inch-long thorns sticking about a couple of finger spreads away from my Ow. eye. And I was like, wow, I'm really lucky. But, you know, I got dragged back by frequent and hadn't pulled my, um, I was still learning, so I had some things to learn, so, yeah. It's just, um, yeah, my thing that I don't know is the travel. I don't know if I'm going to be able mm. to travel, because it's just hard and expensive and just doesn't look likely. So that's why the bucket list thing. The sailboat, probably I'll do it next year, but mm. the the traveling, I don't see it. Oh, we can travel to lots of fantasy worlds. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. I, that's why you read. Uh, <laughs> that's why you watch movies and TV shows. You go to different worlds. Uh, <laughs> to relax and enjoy yourself. Exactly. Um, so you have a couple of projects. What project would you like to start with? Uh, so... You know, I've already got my existing series, Riders of Fire, out, which is six books, and they're all um, set in Dragon's Realms with a um, multiple, yeah, huge cast of different characters who are all dragon riders um, fighting to defeat an enemy who's come through a world gate and is genetically engineering some monsters. So that series has been wrapped up um, and is chugging along on Amazon, you know, selling lots of copies, which is great. And um, the next project that's coming up, we're launching a box set today and it's called Enchanted Kingdoms and it's 20 novels of fairy tale retellings so we've got a group of an international group of authors who've come together from the USA, Canada the UK, Australia New Zealand and Sweden and one of them is South African <laughs> um, 
So we've got an international cast of authors who've come together to donate stories to raise funds for children with autism. That's great. That's really amazing. And mm. and how does it work? So the way it works is that people can order, and this is the incredible thing, is that people can order um, a copy for 99 cents online uh, this week. That's the special opening price. And they can order it on Amazon, Nook, or iBooks. And then they get a million words to read, which sounds crazy. But if you've got novels that are each um, over 50,000 words and you've got 20 of them, then you end up with a million words. So you can pick and choose which novels you want to read. You can read all of them. And there are a lot of different genres as well. So, um, yeah, we had... Um, we have authors who are ep epic fantasy authors, contemporary authors. They're all young adult level books, so that means that there's no, you know, no sex on the page, not a lot of violence. There'll be some, but not a lot. Um, and the language is quite tame. Um, and then you have, um, yeah, just lots of different genres. And we have people who are writing fairy tale retellings, contemporary romance, epic fantasy, urban fantasy, paranormal romance, high fantasy. And they're all fantasy stories, but just lots of different flavours in there. So there's something for everyone. We can all escape and find a happily ever after in the pages of Enchanted Kingdoms. Um, and it's available. People can get it at Amazon and, and, and the bookstores and stuff, right? Yep, it launches today. So it's just an e-book. So you get 20 novels in one e-book. Um, and it launches today. And, yeah, it's available electronically. So the concept was designed by J.A. Armitage and Rianne Parks of Enchanted Quill Press and J.A. Culligan of Dragon's Realm Press. And they are very experienced authors. Um, they had a lot of success um, online in the early days of um, self-publishing and they've gone on to develop independent presses where they have a number of authors writing with them and for them. Uh, J.A. Armitage is incredible. She published 52 novels last year. <laughs> they did a novel every week and they were all fairy tale retellings. So she's very experienced in this area. Um, they didn't write it every week. They've been working on them for years and with lots of different authors to get all of those novels out. Um, and it was just incredible. And I watched their success. I met her in um, Las Vegas at the end of 2019. Um, and I was just fangirling. I was like, wow, I can't believe I met you. And she's like, I can't believe I met you. And I'm like, me, I'm no one. And she was exactly the same. Oh, I'm no one either. <laughs> I was like, yes, you are. I've been following you for years. So, so when I saw there was an opportunity to join in and to raise funds for autism, I was thrilled. And J.A. Culligan is another big name author. She has hit the USA Today bestseller list multiple times. And she is involved with Puzzle Piece United, um, who are a charity, a non-profit corporation of New Jersey, and they make a difference in the lives of children with autism and their families. They fundraise and um, to help people who have kids with autism and support them. They do all sorts of things like hold workshops and events, and they raise autism awareness with the public as well, which is, you know, it's a growing area that we felt we could support. So I was just thrilled to be on board. That's great. And um, are you also working, you have a couple other projects that you're doing. Yeah. So at the moment I'm working on Anakisha's Dragon, which is a follow-on series. It's actually a prequel series um, to Riders of Fire. 
So in Riders of Fire, Azara is um, the main heroine in the first book. There's a whole cast that come on board as we go through the series. But she's the main heroine in the first book. And this is a story that pertains to the time before her parents became Dragon Riders. And um, the series will go through to envelop sort of, you know, right up to when her mum and dad also became Dragon Riders and, and fled because there was a catastrophe. And you know some of the backstory from Riders of Fire, um, the readers do, um, and this is called Riders of Fire Dragon Master, so that's my other project. Yeah. But the main focus of this week for us, and I, I suppose, you know, we'll pop online again and have a chat when Anakesha's Dragon sort of launches, um, and that's available on pre-order as an e-book at the moment too on Amazon. Um, but the main focus for this week is Enchanted Kingdoms. So there's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of act- activities. In fact, there's, there's an online um, Facebook party that's going all week uh, on the Kingdom of Fairy Tales Facebook page. So if anyone goes and looks for Kingdom of Fairy Tales, there's all sorts of authors hopping in and out. This has been a two-week party, so it was running last week as well. Um, and there's giveaways and games and fun, and people can hop on there and find a whole lot of new authors to get to know. So it's Kingdom of Fairy Tales. Yeah, it's quite cool. That's really cool. Wow, it's really sort of yeah. a lot of diverse type of. I mean, same theme, but a diverse kind of style of of, of books and stories and stuff. Yeah, it is. I mean, some of the. Do you want to hear about some of the um, fairy tales that are actually being retold in in the set? Sure. So we've got Alice in Wonderland um, a retelling by um, Jay Armitage and Jay Kulikin. Um And so that's just, um, it's sort of a focus on the madness and the mad side of, you know, of Alice in Wonderland world. You know. there's, Cind- there's a Cinderella retelling by Kimber Swain. Um, AJ Ponder and I are working on the Snow White and Rose Red retelling, and that is called uh, Snow and Red. And it's about uh, two young girls. One of them has fire powers, and one of them has ice powers. They sneak out at night to, you know, to go to a bar. They don't actually drink because every time Red drinks, she loses it, and something goes up in flames. So they're sort of behaving themselves, but they're out to socialise and meet people. And Red just wants to dance, so she's a complete party animal. And Snow is a lot more reserved and a lot more cautious. And so there's this constant, you know, battle between the sisters. No, no, we shouldn't do that. Oh, go on, loosen up. So that, that sort of provides for a bit of fun. Um, and while they're there, they, they, they leave and they get attacked by a gang in an alley. And these two guys swoop in to save them. And they've got strange tattoos. One of them has gold tattoos down one side of his face and on his hand. And the other one sort of has silver tattoos. And they look like scales. So they're actually dragon shifters who are now trapped in their human bodies and unable to shift due to a magical um, spell that's been cast. So this is a whole um, yeah. So Snow and Red become, it becomes an urban. It's in an urban fantasy setting, and it's a paranormal romance where the twins, the Drucky twins, the boys, uh, you know, quite like these girls, but think that they're dangerous mages, and the girls have no idea what their powers are or how. Um, you know, or, or or how to use them or even control them properly, and it's all about their journey of discovery to thwart an enemy who's out to get them all. So there you go. That's our one. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> retelling. Yeah, I know. It's hilarious, isn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, it's like one of my favourite lines. I'll just see if I can find it here. Um, so AJ has made some really cool graphics. We might better pop that up on your site. We'll see. You might have it by now um, when we go live. I just see there's there's a couple of favourite lines I love. So um, so just give you a sort of a, a glimpse of what 
um, you know, how things sound. Just going to make my graphics a little bit larger. So this is uh, Zephyr, who's one of the Jackie twins, and he's the one with the silver tats, and he is, um, he's just meeting Snow for the first time. She turned, chilly eyes gliding over him and cool appraisal. If she wasn't the prettiest thing he'd ever seen, he'd eat his own hoodie. So there you go. <laughs> so it's just, you know, just sort of, sort of silly tidbits. And the other one is when his brother Dante sees Red for the first time. She was a mage, he was sure of it. And Drucky didn't mess with mages. Of course, he's going to mess with her, he can't resist her attraction. So there you go. Oh, actually, of course, he can resist her attraction because he's level headed. It's his brother who's ridiculous and falling in love with this icy girl. <laughs> He just goes along to take care of his brother, of course. <coughs> so there you go, you know. Oh, no, of course he's not besotted with her at all. He's only here for Zeph, you know. So it's that whole sort of, um, you know, urban fantasy type trope. That's Yeah, funny. with dragon shifters. It's lots of fun. That sounds like fun. Are so there any up. other ones that you wanted to tell us about? Yeah, I, yeah. I was just going to go through those. There's Beauty and the Beast by Beth Hale. We've got Aladdin retelling by Zara Quentin. Rumpelstiltskin by Craig Halloran, who is an epic fantasy and urban fantasy author. Sleeping Beauty by Stacey O'Neill. Wizard of Oz by Amanda Marin. We've got Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs by Lacey Sheridan, and she's doing a young adult fantasy spin on that. Red Riding Hood by Mae Dawson. Rapunzel by Anne Stryker. Robin Hood by Jacques Stevens, and that's a strong female character, and she looks like lots of fun. We've got The Little Match Girl by Leanne Ward, The Snow Queen by Laura Burton and Jessie Cowell, and then we've got The Little Mermaid by Nadira Gold, The Pied Piper by Alice Evinia, Mulan by Charlotte Daniels and Charlie Daniels, The Girl Without Hands by Daphne Moore, Nix of the Mill Pond by Astrid Vijay, and Thumbelina by Robin DeMal and Elle Madison. And as I said, you know, some of them are going to be young adult fantasy, some are paranormal, some are epic, some, one of them is even a young adult contemporary romance. We have a whole lot of fairy tale retellings, which just hook into those whole fairy tale tropes. They're all retellings, but some are within different, you know, genres. So we've chosen urban fantasy, paranormal romance. Um, I've, I'm probably going to have some more paranormal romance books coming out next year, so I thought this would be a nice bridge to sort of have the dragons bridging between the dragons to the dragon shifters to another type of paranormal romance um, series later on. I just actually one so, of my favourite stories is Thumbelina from Hans Christian Andersen. Such a great uh, story. Yeah, I love that story. What do you like about her? Because she's um, just a strong character. She's a, a female character who's tiny and but full of hope and she's strong and just I thought, even as a little girl, she's so cool. <laughs> mm, that's nice, isn't it? It's nice to have strong heroines um, when you're reading fairy tales, and I think that's what a lot of people have done in these stories, is they've made the, the heroines very strong figures that people can relate to. Yeah, and you wouldn't yeah, figure that for something from that era, you know, when Hans Christian Andersen wrote stories. He, he was kind of conservative about some stuff and other stuff he was really for uh, pretty making really good characters for girls <laughs> yeah and when you think women were sort of considered possessions of their you know husbands or parents at, at that um, in that era it's actually quite nice that, that you've gotten some strong characters coming through that people can relate to 
Mm. Yeah, and and he must have had really cool parents. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, or, or great imagination for the time, or a sense of social justice, maybe. I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of fairy tales that have quite macabre endings. <laughs> I think that's why he dies. I um I like his better than Grimm. Grimm is all sad or horrible, or <laughs> you know, yeah, everybody comes were, to a end. A lot of them were end. warnings. You know, they were warnings to keep people. We told these fairy tales back in the day to to keep people um, in line and make sure people didn't misbehave and that people didn't go wandering off in the woods or they may meet a wolf, you know, and I suppose a lot of them were allegories for, for stuff that went on, um, you know, uh, not socially nice stuff, shall we say. And the strong women were always witches and grim, you know, they were not with good witches, they were bad witches, you know. <laughs> yeah, burned at the stake and things. So, yeah, yeah, they just... Yeah, I was never a fan. Despite the fact that we have um, that we have a lot of issues nowadays, uh, I think there are always going to be issues in every society. But I think we've come a long way to help with people's rights. There's a lot more work we can do in yeah. a lot of areas, um, especially across the diverse spectrum with people of colour, and um, you know, in a lot of the different ways that people live their lifestyles. I think we need to be inclusive, and we need to care about the human beings. Um, and not look at the labels because whenever we're talking to a human being we can usually relate to somebody um, but when we place labels and put people in boxes it makes it harder and it's also that I've always hated being put into a box I personally I, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't I, even when I was young I was always I, it wasn't that I was fighting for my rights it was more I was fighting to be myself you know what I mean? Yeah. And that sense of self-identity is very important. They've done a lot of studies um, relating to depression and mental illness with youth, and one of the best things that youth can do to build their self-confidence and build their self-esteem is to have some control over being who they are and being able to express who they want to be, even if the people around them feel slightly uncomfortable with some of what they're doing, it's still important that they get the chance to actually experiment and to, and I don't mean experiment wildly with crazy stuff, but I just mean, you know, to assert themselves and to get a sense that they can be themselves and to be able to live in an environment where they can um, express who they are. And I think growing up, a lot of us probably felt we didn't have that. Um, the, the other thing that this relates to, because we're talking about being put in boxes, is with the autism spectrum. Um, you know, there's a, there's a quote from Dr. Seuss um, on the Puzzle Piece United website, and it says, why fit in when you were born to stand out? Mm-hmm. And I think that sums up um, that sums up autism in a lot of ways. You know, um, people who um, have autism um, have atypical um, neurological systems, and that's fine. There is a space for everybody um, in our society. One of my... Um, one of my best writing critique partners um, has Asperger's and he doesn't like to go to big book launches or to do anything like that and he actually wears a badge which I think is really brave of him and also helps him a lot. He wears a big badge on his shirt if he's at a big um, social function that says um, I have Asperger's if I don't talk to you please don't take it personally (laughs) or something in that vein you know I think that's great if I'm hiding behind a bookshelf it's me I've got Asperger's it's that sort of thing Um, and we did a big book launch where he was one of the editors and we just sort of made a token you know if you see Peter over there behind the bookshelf that's him um, sort of wave and say hi (laughs) 
<laughs> and you know, Peter Friend is a brilliant writer, absolutely fantastic, incredible brain. I love his creativity. He's great at plotting. He's really good at character development. Um, and both AJ Ponder and I enjoy working with him. Um, and we sometimes go to him with a plot and say, hey, what do you think? And he always comes up with brilliant ideas and very animated. And, um, you know, we have a lot of fun when our critique group gets together. And it's, it's just great to work with him. And so he has, um, you know, he's on the autism spectrum. Um, I've got a lot of friends with kids on the autism spectrum. There are some challenges with some of the teenagers with emotion regulation. And it can create some challenges for their families. So I think that... Um, you know, and with other issues as well. And so I think it's really good that Puzzle Piece work with families uh, in the New Jersey area, um, providing a free service to give those families access to tools and things that they need. J.A. Kulikan, who um, is an author who writes a lot of Dragon Shifter <laughs> and all sorts of other fantasies, he writes young adult fantasy um, books and has been on the um, New York uh, sorry, the um, USA Today bestseller list multiple times. She um, has a daughter who's on the spectrum and she um, works with Puzzle Piece United, which is how we came to sponsor that particular charity. Uh, we looked at lots of different charities and in the end all the authors decided together this is the charity we wanted to support. Um, and she has a... Um, Masters in Special Education and she's been working with students with autism um, in public schools for the last 14 years. So she's very experienced and she's a powerhouse and a great resource for people who have children with autism. I've noticed online that there are lots of different versions of Puzzle Piece and I've seen that the New Jersey, uh, see you're in the States, so things sort of get established by state. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In New Zealand, we usually establish a charity and it's just national, even if it only services one city, it's a small country, so that's it for the whole country. Um, but And usually we do service across the country. However, I've noticed there are various versions of Puzzle Piece. So if you have a kid with autism, if you're listening out there and you're finding things difficult and you would like to speak to some like-minded people or hook into some resources that may help you, then look up Puzzle Piece and see if there's um, a local organisation. I've noticed there's several different ones. If you're in the New Jersey area, feel free to get in touch with Puzzle Piece, reach out and see if there's other parents and people from the organisation who can help support you. I know they've helped over 200 families in that area. I think that's fantastic for a local charity and we're very, very proud to support them. That's great. Um, we don't have a lot of time, Eileen. Um, could you, uh, do you have any virtual events coming up? And could you give your social media information so people can contact you? So um, just quickly, if people are interested in buying Enchanted Kingdoms, which has gone live today and it's up for 99 cents this week um, for uh, 20 novels, then the link is books to read, which is books, the number two, and read.com forward slash Enchanted Kingdoms. So it's books, number two, read.com forward slash Enchanted Kingdoms and then there is a link on that page to all the different stores. You can just purchase one um, at, at store. Um, and further links, Puzzle Piece is Puzzle Piece United and it's spelled peace as in peaceful, P-E-A-C-E and dot uh, org and you can go and look them up there. Um, yeah, virtual events, the Kingdom of Fairy Tales Facebook page is having a virtual party all week long. So if you hop on there, you'll see lots of giveaways and fun. That's Kingdom of Fairy Tales. 
um, and me on social media. I'm Eileen Muller, which is Muller, M-U-E-L-L-E-R, and Eileen is E-I-L-E-E-N. And my Facebook page is Eileen Muller Author. My personal page is up there too, most of my fans. But most of my fans go into my Facebook group, which is Bright as a Fire, Eileen Muller's Fan Zone on um, Facebook. So if you look up Writers of Fire within Facebook, then you'll you'll find me there. And my books are on Amazon. I'm on BookBub. I'm on Instagram. I'm not brilliant at Instagram, so I'm battling along with that. But I've got, I've got a few posts up. And um, yeah, and also my website is EileenMullerAuthor.com, and I've got some free books up there. So if you go and hunt for the free books tab, then you can read my adventures: um, Bronze Dragon, Silver Dragon. And soon we will be putting up the Drucky Twins as well. Um, so anyone who pre-ordered Enchanted Kingdoms, they could get a free set of companion tales. Um, and we've made those exclusive up until the release of the book. Um, and now that Enchanted Kingdoms is out, within the next week or so, I'll be putting Drucky Twins, which is the, the prequel to um, Snow and Red, up, um, up online as well. So... Uh, the one other thing that's interesting is that out of this, AJ and I have had so much fun writing Snow and Red that we have developed a series, and that will be going live in about a year, and that's called um, The Dragon Shifters Horde. And the Drucky Twins will be the first book in that, and Snow and Red will be the second, and we'll pop those up online soon so that um, people can, can order Drucky Twins and have a quick read and then pre-order um, Snow and Red for when it comes out later. The Enchanted Kingdoms anthology is up for a few months, up until June, um, raising funds for autism, and then after that the authors will have the rights back to their own stories so they can publish them how they like, which is why we've decided to go with the Dragon Shifters Horde. So there you go, that's a big mouthful from me. Um, and I guess, Sherry, we'll see you online again. In about a month, I'll be having a big party in my Facebook group, and I'll also come back online and we'll have a chat on Blog Talk Radio about Anakisha's Dragon. Okay. Um, I want to thank you for coming on the show. I hope you enjoyed it. I had a wonderful time. It's really lovely to catch up with you, Sherry. Thank you. And I hope you. that your listeners have enjoyed this. I hope so, too. No, <laughs> I'm sure they will. You have a great day, and thank you for chatting with Sherry. slots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time <gasps> no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry in that case i pronounce you lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com daily bonuses are waiting no purchase necessary void were prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details